نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. We'd like to begin this evening in this lecture number five uh, with the fifth principle at Asl al-Khamis that has been mentioned by Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab ibn Sulaiman al-Tamimi al-Najdi rahimahullah in his book Al-Usul al-Sitta. And along with this fundamental the explanation that has been offered by Sheikh Muhammad ibn Sali al-Husaynin rahimahullah. This evening, the explanation that has been given by Sheikh Muhammad uh, has been coupled with something or a long quotation which he has uh, transmitted from one of the books of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah and due to the length of it I will try as best I can to go quickly, a little quickly so please bear with me Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab says in the beginning of this essay as we have read in each of the previous lectures Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim min ajab al-ujab wa akthar al-ayat al-dala ala kudrat al-malik al-gullab sitat al-usul and in the name of Allah, the Beneficent and Merciful, of the most amazing of matters and the greatest of the signs, which indicates the power of Al-Malik Al-Ghallab, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are sitatu usul, six fundamental, six principles, basic principles, bayyanah Allah ta'ala, bayyanan wadihan, lil'awam, hawkama yadunnu al-ghanun. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made clear these six principles with a clarity Yani, that is for the common people, beyond what anyone might imagine. Yani, that everyone can understand without any difficulty. Then after this clarification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with perfect clarity, Imam Muhammad al-Madhu Wahab says, after this, many of the most intelligent of people in this world and the most rational of the children of Adam, human beings, many of them have deviated or erred concerning these principles, have misunderstood them and deviated from them, except in all but negligible few. After this introduction, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab mentions that Asl al khamis the fifth fundamental, Allah subhanahu li awliya'illah. وَتَفْرِقُهُ بَيْنَهُمْ وَبَيْنَ الْمُتَشَبِّهِينَ بِهِمْ مِنْ عَدَاءِ اللَّهِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ وَالْفُجَّارِ 
Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullah begins this principle by saying Bayanullah, the clarification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of Allah, the one who is free from imperfections. The clarification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning the awliya Allah, those who are the awliya of Allah, who are the awliya of Allah, indeed, that is the friends of Allah, those who are close to Allah, those who are near to Allah due to their observance and adhering to the law of Allah which he have revealed through the prophets and messengers alayhi salatu salam he said clarification of the awliya of Allah wa tafriquhu baynahum wa bayna al-mutashabihin and also the distinguishing or the any clarification distinguishing between the awliya of Allah the true awliya of Allah the true friends of Allah those who are near or close to him Distinguishing them from those who imitate them, yani from those who try to put themselves forward as being of the awliya of Allah. They attempt to show themselves as awliya of Allah, while in fact they are not. From amongst the enemies of Allah, min a'da'illah, yani those who imitate the awliya of Allah, who are indeed from amongst the enemies of Allah. They are the awliya of shaitan. They are the enemies of Allah, al-munafiqeen, the hypocrites, al-fujjar, the corrupt, immoral, sinful people. Indeed, those who imitate the awliya of Allah or who try to imitate them while not observing the laws of Allah, they are indeed the enemies of Allah. They are indeed the awliya of shaitan and they are either munafiqeen or fujjar. And they are hypocrites or they are at least corrupt, sinful, immoral people. And it is sufficient, that which is sufficient as a proof and as a clarification of this matter, this principle. He said, That what is sufficient as a proof and a clarification of this matter is an ayah, a verse from Surah Ali Imran. And it is his saying, this ayah is the saying of Allah. قُلْ يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordering the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to say, to say these words قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَغْسِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبُكُمُ اللَّهُ ذَكُرْ رَحِيمٌ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was ordered by Allah to say to those who claim that they love Allah and love al-mahabbah it is one of the greatest signs or one of the greatest characteristics of the awliya of Allah. Allah loves them and they love him. And here in this ayat, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab is using it as, an, as a proof that this mahabba or the love of Allah, Allah's love for someone and their love for him, it is indicated in this ayat in the words, in kuntum tuhibbun Allah fattabi'uni. If indeed you love Allah, then follow me. And if the true love of Allah is indicated, the allama or the sign of the true love of Allah, it is ittiba' al-rasul, following, adhering to the way of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Say to them who claim that they love Allah, say to them, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ If indeed you really love Allah, فَاتَّبِعُونِي Then you must follow me. You must follow the Messenger, the Prophet, who has been sent with the revelation of Allah, of Allah the commands of Allah and the guidance of Allah. فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ Follow me, then Allah will love you. If indeed you love Allah, then you must follow me. And if you follow me, Allah will love you. You will love Allah and Allah will love you. It will be mutual love. 
it is an ittiba' following of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is the greatest sign of the love of Allah and it is the love of Allah that is one of the characteristics of the awliya of Allah, those whom he loves. This is in Surah Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 31. And then he says to the end of the ayah, yani he didn't quote the complete ayah here. وَآيَةٌ فِي سُورَةُ And also as a proof and a clarification of this matter, it is sufficient for us to quote an ayah in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 54. وَهِيَ قَوْلُهُ And it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَيَّ رَصَدَّ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِ فَسَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَهُمْ To the end of the ayah. يعني here, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who believe, O you who believe, مَيَّ رَصَدَّ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِهِ Whoever of you turns back from his deen, whoever apostates, whoever turns back and abandons Islam and goes back into kufr, then soon Allah will come. He will bring a people. With a people who He loves them. That is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring a people that He loves and they will love Him. Allah will love them and they will love Him. And those who turn back from the deen of Allah, then Allah says, if they do so, He will bring a people that will not be like them. He will bring a people who he will love them and they will love him. Again, al-mahabba, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for these people and their love for him is a sign of their nearness to Allah and their closest to Allah or their wilaya, that they are of the awliya of Allah. Wa'ayatun fi yunus and likewise as a proof of this principle and a clarification of this matter, it is sufficient to mention an ayah in Surah Yunus in Yunus chapter 10 verse 62 وَهِيَ قَوْلُهُ and it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ لَخَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ Isn't it so that verily the awliya of Allah لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ That there's, there's no fear upon them nor shall they grieve there's no fear for them of the future, of what is ahead of them in the next life. The awliya, the true awliya of Allah, who are believing in Allah and worshipping Allah. La khawfun alihim. They have no fear about what is ahead of them because they have obeyed Allah and worshipped Allah. So what is ahead in the next life, it is good. They have no fear. La khawfun alihim wa la hum yahzanun. And they have no grief. They do not grieve about what is in the past. Because what they have left behind it is only amal al-salihah. It is good deeds. So they have no grief about the past. What are their characteristics? He says concerning those awliya of Allah, the two main characteristics of the awliya of Allah, and these are the primary characteristics which, through which we can identify someone who is really a wali of Allah. Alladina amanu wakanu yattafun. They are those who amanu, who believe in Allah. Wakanu yattafun, and they were fearing Allah. They have taqwa. And here, some of the scholars said that these two words, al-iman and taqwa. Here, when they came together, the meaning of al-iman here, it means that here al al-qalb. It means that conviction which is in the heart, and the taqwa, it means the actions, the righteous deeds that are done by the body parts, whether it is speech or actions. Yani al-iman and taqwa, it means the true conviction of belief in Allah in the heart, and then acting in accordance with it. Yani the proper actions and speech that are in accordance with that iman. In Surah Yunus chapter 
Then Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab says, ثم صار الأمر عند أكثر من يدعي العلم وأنه من هدات الخلق وحفاظ الشرع إلى أن أولياء لا بد فيهم من فرق اتباع الرسول. Then the matter, it reached the situation, reached the point where most of those who يدعي العلم, who claim to have knowledge, and he claims to be of the guides of the creatures, the guides of the creatures of Allah, the human beings of the people. And those who preserve and protect the sharq, that is the sharia, the law of Allah. The situation, it became reversed. The people began to imagine or they began to believe the reverse. The situation became reversed. Where they considered the awliya of Allah must be of these characteristics, he said. It reached the point where إلى أن أولياء أن الأولياء لا بد فيهم that you must find in them these characteristics. يعني they will not be أولياء of Allah except that you must find these characteristics in them. فرق اتباع الرسول the abandonment of following the messengers. يعني no one will be أولياء of Allah according to these people whose concept is distorted and corrupted and reversed. No one will be from the أولياء of Allah except that you must find in them these characteristics. فرق اتباع الرسل abandoning following of the messengers ومن تبعهم فليس منهم and whoever follows the messengers contrary to what they think whoever follows the messengers if you follow them then you are not from the awliya of Allah فليس منهم then you will not be from the awliya of Allah whoever follows the law the sharia because they think they are above this ولا بد من ترك الجهاد فمن جاهد فليس منهم and likewise in order for someone to be from the awliya of Allah according to them it is of a necessity that he must abandon al-jihad, fighting in the cause of Allah, and whoever performs the jihad, then he is not from amongst them. Yani he is not of the awliya of Allah. He is not one of the awliya of Allah. And the third characteristic, or the third point, that they claim, وَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ تَرْكَ الْإِيمَانِ وَالتَّقْوَى And it is also of a necessity in order for someone to be from the awliya of Allah, that they must abandon al-iman and al-taqwa. They must abandon true faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and piety and taqwa yani avoiding what Allah has prohibited and acting in accordance with what Allah has commanded. فَمَنْ تَأَحَّدْ بِالْإِيمَانِ وَالتَّقْوَى فَلَيْسَ مِنْهُمْ And whoever makes obligatory on himself or whoever requires of himself to stick to and to observe these two qualities, al-iman, faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and taqwa, piety, acting in accordance with the law of Allah, then he is not from amongst the awliya of Allah. And then the Shaykh, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullah, closes this principle by dua, making dua, Ya Rabbana, nas'aluka al-afwa wal-afiyah, innaka sami'u dua, that we ask you, O Allah, for pardoning, pardoning of our sins and al-afiyah, well-being, or protection from sinning. And that you pardon our sins that we have committed and that you protect us from falling into sin where you are the one who hears the supplication. Then Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, uh, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih ibn Taymin, Rahimahullah, in his explanation of this principle, he mentions first the saying of the author, the clarification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who are the awliya of Allah. Uh, and he says that Concerning this statement, the awliya of Allah, they are those who amanu bihi wattaquhu wattaqamu ala deenihi. The awliya of Allah are those who believe in him, who have iman. 
and who fear him, who have piety, and who observe Allah's laws, who have taqwa. And also he mentioned here another characteristic which is not mentioned in this in these ayat, but is mentioned in another place in Surah Al-Fuqtila, yani concerning those who say, yani, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ اتَّقَامُوا That those who say Allah is our Lord, yani who, who bear witness, who testify that Allah is the one that deserves to be worshipped, that He is the only, the only Lord. Whoever has this iman, and then they act in accordance with that by traveling on the path of what that iman requires, acting in accordance with it. He said that then the angels descend upon them. That you should not fear nor grieve. Grieve, just like in this ayat. He said that for those who say that Allah is our Lord and they travel the correct path, yani they are straight on the right path, the angels descend upon them, meaning at the time of their death. And they tell them, don't have any fear, no grief, and get the, take the good news, of the Jannah that you have been promised. So here's this third characteristic, it is also in accordance with the previous description. The meaning of istiqamah here, it is similar to the meaning of istiqamah in the other ayat. Yani it means that the person who has iman must act in accordance with it. The one who stays on this path as istiqamah. Then he says that the awliya of Allah, they are those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described in his saying, أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَا اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهُمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ That the awliya of Allah are those who have no fear nor shall they grieve. They are those who believe, who have iman, and who fear Allah. They have taqwa. Then the shaykh says that it is not so, that whoever claims al-wilaya, that he is really a wali. Not everybody who claims that he is close to Allah or he is of the friends of Allah. Not everyone who makes this claim is indeed a wali of Allah. If it were so, then everyone would be claiming it. However, the way to, the weight, the way to weigh the claim of the one who makes such a claim to weigh his Yani the truthfulness of his claim is, due, is, is through his actions. Yani the scale that is used to weigh the one who claims to be a wali of Allah, it is his actions. The shaykh says, if his actions are based upon al-iman and taqwa, if his actions are in accordance with iman and taqwa, then indeed he is a wali. Because this is the description that Allah has given of the wali of Allah. The wali of Allah is the one who has iman and the one who has taqwa. Yani the true believers, who have Iman and Taqwa, they are the awliya of Allah. Not somebody who performs miracles or does some supernatural or extraordinary feat, but indeed the awliya of Allah are those who have Iman and Taqwa. He said then, the one who claims such, we can look at his actions. And if they are based upon and in accordance with Iman and Taqwa, then he is a wali. Otherwise, if it is not so, then he is not a wali. Then the shaykh makes an argument, a very important argument against those who claim al-wilaya, who claim to be of the awliya of Allah. He says that this claim of wilaya, indeed it is tazfiyatun li nafsihi. It is as though the person is attributing to himself righteousness and piety. It is as though that person who claims to be the wali of Allah, it is as though he is claiming or attributing to himself righteousness. He is attributing to himself purity, that his soul is a pure soul. 
This is tazkiyah, the nafsihi, the shaykh says. The one who claims so, it is as though he is describing to himself righteousness. And that is the negation of taqwa. It is the negation of the true taqwa of Allah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in Surah Al-Najm, chapter 53, verse 32, فَلَا تُزَكُّوا أَنفُسَكُمْ And Allah has prohibited anybody to ascribe to their self-purity or righteousness. فَلَا تُزَكُّوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't ascribe to yourself purity and righteousness. هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنَ اتَّقَاهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best one who knows, the one who really has taqwa. He is the one who knows who has taqwa. He says then, if anybody claims that he is of the awliya of Allah, then he has ascribed to himself purity. He has made this tazkiyah of himself which Allah has prohibited. In that case he has fallen into disobedience of Allah. He has fallen into that which Allah has prohibited. And this disobedience of Allah is the negation of a taqwa. It is the negation of a taqwa. So the awliya of Allah, indeed the true awliya of Allah, they do not ascribe purity or righteousness to themselves with the likeness of such a testimony or certification of themselves as though they are righteous or that they are the people of taqwa. But indeed they are those who believe in Allah and who fear Allah, who have taqwa. And they perform acts of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the most perfect way and to the best of their ability in the way that it should be done. And they do not deceive the people or mislead them uh, with such claims, claiming that they are the awliya of Allah, so that they lead those people away from the way of Allah. So these who claim for themselves, yani this, such a claim, sometimes they call themselves asiyad, yani that they are sayyid or sada, yani the direct descendants of the Prophet and sometimes they claim for themselves to be awliya, that they are the friends of Allah, those who are close or near to Allah. He said concerning these people, if anybody would consider or look carefully to that which they are upon, and in the way that they are living, then they would find that they are the furthest of, of they are the furthest of the people from being in this condition of wilaya, yani of nearness to Allah, when the condition of sayada, yani of being those who should be claiming as though there is some honor for them as being direct descendants of the Prophet ﷺ. Which means that if somebody is a wali of Allah or they are a direct descendant of the Prophet, they should be acting in the best manner. They should be better than the other people. So my advice to my Muslim brothers is that they should not be deceived by such claims of wilaya, those who claim that they are wali, until they measure the condition of that person by what has come in the text, the legal text, and meaning the Qur'an and Sunnah of the characteristics, the awsaf of the awliya of Allah. Until they look at those characteristics that have come in the Qur'an and Sunnah and measure that person's condition with these characteristics, they shouldn't make any judgment and they should not be deceived or misled by such people uh, just by their mere claim of being a wali. Here, Shaykh Muhammad al-Masal al-Taymeen, says that the Shaykh Rahimahullah Ta'ala, meaning Imam Muhammad ibn Wahhab, has indicated or pointed to a sign of the love of Allah. Allamatu Mahabbatillah. He has pointed to the sign of the love of Allah. Wa wilayatihi. And his wilaya, closeness. The one who is aligned 
with him or the one who has friendship with Allah. He has pointed to it in what he has mentioned of these ayahs. Three ayahs. The first of them, it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Ali Imran, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهَ Say, if indeed you truly love Allah, then follow me and Allah will love you. Yani the first sign of the love of Allah is an ittiba'ah, following the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa And this ayat in Surah, in Surah Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 31, he said, this ayat is called Ayatul Mihna. It is called Ayatul Mihna. Ay al-Imtihan. Yani it is the ayat that was a test or a trial for those who claim, for the people who claim that they love Allah. It is a test or a trial for them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they made such a claim, He revealed this ayat. And, and in that case, whoever claims the love of Allah, we should look to his actions. And if his actions are in accordance with the Messenger of Allah, yani in accordance with the following of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, فَهُوَ صَادِقْ Then he is truthful. وَإِلَّا فَهُوَ كَابِقْ But if his actions are not in accordance with the Sharia, are not in accordance with the Sunnah, then he is a liar in his claim. The second ayah, it is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 54, يَا أَيُّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَنْ يَرْفَدُ مِنْكُمْ عَنْ دِينِي فَالْتَوْفَ يَأْتِ اللَّهُ بِقَوْمٍ يُحِبُّهُمْ وَيُحِبُّونَ O you who believe that whoever turns back from amongst you from his deen, then soon Allah will bring a people who he will love them and they will love him. An ayatain, two ayats. And these ayats, the shaykh now begins to mention the remainder of the ayat and that which is indicated in them of characteristics, which are, yani awsaf, awsaf or characteristics, which are the characteristics of the love of Allah. Yani those who Allah loves, we will find them having these four characteristics. He said in these ayats and Surah Ma'idah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described the awliya of Allah, or those whom he loves, he has described them with the signs of love and the fruit of that love with four characteristics. Al-Wasl al-Awwal, the first characteristic, أَنَّهُمْ أَذِلَّةٍ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That they are humble to the believers, to those who believe. They are humble with them. They do not fight against them. They do not stand in opposition to them. And they do not oppose them or abandon them. الوصف الثاني the second time أنهم أعزة أو عزة على الكافرين that they are stern and severe against the disbelievers the people of kufr يعني the first sign is that they are humble and easy with the believers and the second sign that they are stern and severe with the disbelievers يعني they are strong against them to overcome them and to defeat them الوصف الثالث أنهم يجاهدون في سبيل الله the third description is that they make jihad in the way of Allah, in the cause of Allah, for the sake of Allah, to make the word of Allah uppermost, to make the word of Allah supreme in the earth, not for land, not for wealth, not for uh, something of their nation, nationalism, but those who strive in the cause of Allah. That is, they exert their efforts to fight against the enemies of Allah in order to make the word of Allah to be the most high or the supreme. Al-Wasf al-Rabi'ah. The fourth characteristic, أَنَّهُمْ لَا يَقَافُونَ فِي اللَّهِ لَوْمَةَ لَائِمْ 
that they do not fear in matters related to Allah, in matters of the deen of Allah, they do not fear the blame of those who might censure or blame them. That is, if somebody blames them for what they have performed of things related to the deen of Allah, and he fulfilling the obligations which Allah has made upon us, then they don't fear and they don't worry about the blame of those who would blame them. And that this blame that comes from those people blaming them for performing the obligations of Allah, it will not prevent them, it will not stop them from performing the obligations that are upon them in the deen of Allah. These four characteristics, he said, they are characteristics which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given for those who he loves and who love him. The third ayat that Imam Muhammad al Wahab mentions, it is the saying of Allah to Yunus in chapter 10 verse 62, That is it not so that indeed the awliya of Allah, there is no fear upon them, not shall they grieve. They are those who amanu, who believe, wa kanu yattaqoon, and those who have taqwa, the people of piety and righteousness. In this ayat he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes clear that his awliya, the awliya of Allah, they are those who are described with two descriptions. Two descriptions. These are the main descriptions of the awliya of Allah. Al-Iman and Al-Taqwa, having faith, conviction in the heart, believing in Allah, and whatever else is required of Iman and Islam, and Al-Taqwa, yani piety and righteousness, meaning in the actions that they observe the laws of Allah and the Sharia of Allah, and act in accordance with the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-Iman bil-Qalb, Al-Iman, the first of those descriptions, is that which is in the heart. And Al-Taqwa bil-Jawarih, and Al-Taqwa it means the, the body parts or the limbs of the body, yani acting, doing the act, and saying those things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prescribes. So whoever claims al-wilayah, whoever claims that he is the wali of Allah, and he is not described with these, he is not characterized by these two descriptions, then he is a liar, and he is making a false claim. Then he says, then the Shaykh rahimahullah, meaning Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, he, he made clear that the situation reached the point where it became opposite. I mean, what was considered as the awliya of Allah, they began to consider the awliya of Allah having the descriptions that are opposite of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described. And this was amongst most of those who claim knowledge, men yidda'i al-ilm, yani those who claim to be people of knowledge. They claim that they have knowledge of the deen of Allah. And they claim that they are the hudat al-khalq, that they are the guides who guide the creatures of Allah. And they are the hufad of the shara'. They are those who protect and preserve the sharia of Allah. They claim so. Al-wali indahu, he said that the wali with these people it is the one who does not follow the messengers and the one who does not make jihad in the way of Allah and the one who does not believe in Allah and who does not have taqwa of Allah. This is the end of what Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen mentions in his sharh. Then he says, it is proper and it is good that we should transmit here what has been written by Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala in his essay entitled Al-Furqan, Bayna Awliya Rahman wa Awliya Ash-Shaytan. The criterion, Al-Furqan, the criterion, or the decisive criterion, Bayna Awliya Rahman, which distinguishes between the Awliya of Ar-Rahman, the Awliya of Allah, and the Awliya of Ash-Shaytan. That book has been translated more than once, 
And the latest translation of it is a very good translation, whoever can find it, it is worth reading. It is a tremendous book, and here Sheikh Muhammad al-Fatihameen has summarized some of the main points in that book from the beginning to the end of it he has taken, and he has made a long quotation here for that reason. We will hasten a little bit. He said that we will quote here from his essay, and we will just mention whatever is possible, whatever is easy for us to mention. Qala rahimahullah, Shaykh says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made clear in his book, Al-Quran, and in the sunnah of his messenger, Muhammad sallallahu wa sallam, that Allah has awliya from amongst the people. That from amongst the people they are those who are the awliya of Allah. And likewise, shaitan has awliya. Yani, that both Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well as the shaitan, la'anatullah have awliya from amongst the people. And he has distinguished, he has distinguished between the awliya of ar-Rahman, awliya of Allah, and the awliya of the shaitan. He has distinguished between them. فَقَالَ تَعَالَى Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ لَقَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَهُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ يعني the ayat that we have mentioned previously from Surah Yunus that isn't it so that the awliya of Allah they have no fear nor shall they grieve أَلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَكَانُوا يَتَّقُونَ they are those who believe and who have taqwa and he completes the ayats related to this لَهُمَ الْبُشْرَى فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ they have al-bushra the good news in the life of this world and in the next life. La tabdila li kalimati Allah, and there is no changing the word of Allah. Yani the promise of Allah, what He has said concerning His awliya, it is permanent, it is fixed, it cannot be changed, it cannot be uh, removed, it cannot be replaced. It is permanent. La tabdila li kalimati Allah, dalika huwa al-fawz al-azim, and that is indeed the supreme success. That is indeed the supreme success. Here, some of the scholars of Tafsir, such as Al-Hafid ibn Kathir and others, said that لَهُمَ الْبُشْرَ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَ وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ That they have the good news in the life of this world and the next. It means that in this world, that they would be looked upon in a good way by the believers. And some said, according to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that Al-Bushra in this life, it is it is the righteous dream that that person will have, or that someone else will have about them. In that dream, there will be a bushra, a good news, even in their lifetime, that they are of the awliya of Allah. And in the next life, they will have the bushra at the time of their death, as in the ayah that we mentioned earlier, that the angels will descend upon those who say Allah is our Lord, and who are, yani, and then they remain firm in observing the laws of Allah. The angels will descend upon them, and they will say, have no fear, no grief, and they will say, abshiru fil kuntum tu'adun, that have the good news, of the jinn which you have been promised. And that is at the time of their death they will have good news. And the bushra and the grave, it would be the pleasure of Allah and the peace of Allah and the na'im that they would experience even in the grave. And the bushra in the next life, it is entering the paradise. And then he says that, yani after some uh, further on, he went further on, quoted from another place saying that he has mentioned the awliya of shaitan in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ سُلْطَانٌ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ 
انما سلطانه على الذين يتولونه والذين هم به مشركون يعني in this ayah he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the awliya of shaytan that if any one of you intends to read the Qur'an he should seek refuge in Allah from the rejected shaytan for verily he has no authority over those alladhina amanu those who believe وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ and who put their trust and reliance upon their Lord alone indeed his sultan or his authority is on those who follow and obey him يَتَوَلَّوْنَهُ those who follow and obey him they are his awliya and those are the ones we have sultan over وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِهِ مُشْرِكُونَ and those who are mushrik يعني associating something in the worship of Allah this is in Surah Al-Nahl chapter 16 verses 98-100 then after some he goes further on and quotes again from another place so that which is obligatory and the obligation on the believer is to distinguish between these and those and the awliya of Allah and the awliya of the shaytan just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam have distinguished between the awliya of Allah and the awliya of the shaytan so indeed the awliya of Allah are the mu'minun those who have iman and the muqtafun those who have Taqwa. Then he goes further on and he quotes again saying they are those who believe in him, in Allah and they are those who give their loyalty or allegiance or obedience to him, that is Allah and then he goes on to describe a detailed description of the awliya of Allah those who have iman and taqwa he said that they love what he loves, what Allah loves and they hate what he hates and they are pleased with what he is pleased with and they are angry or displeased with what he is displeased with and they order that which he has ordered and they prohibit that which he has prohibited and they give to those whom he loves should be given and they prohibit from those whom he loves should be prohibited and then again he goes on he quotes so no one will be a wali for Allah except the one who believes in him and who believes in that which yani, he has sent. No one will be a wali of Allah except the one who believes in him. And that which he has sent. And, and who follows, or that which he, that is the Prophet wasallam, That which, the one who believes in him and that which he has brought. Meaning the message, the revelation, the Quran. And who follows him, inwardly and outwardly. Yani, not only in outer appearance, but also in their heart. They have sincerity and that which is required within the human being. So whoever claims the love of Allah and that they are the wali of Allah, which they claim wilaya, then they do not follow him. They do not follow the messenger وسلم, Then they are not from the awliya of Allah. Indeed, whoever opposes him, meaning the messenger of Allah, then he is from the a'da of Allah, the enemies of Allah, and he is of the awliya of the shaytan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, the saying which we mentioned previously say that if you love Allah then follow me and Allah will love you yani, it means that you must follow the Prophet and whoever opposes him then they are not of those whom Allah loves and they don't love Allah they are not the awliya of Allah they are the awliya of the shaytan they are the enemies of Allah then he says the people yani, that the people are on different levels in reference to the wilaya of Allah, the people are on different levels, they are not the same. Those who are awliya of Allah are not all the same, but they are on different levels. Some of them are higher or lower than others. He said, their levels are in accordance with the differences in their iman and their taqwa. 
يعني to the extent that their iman is higher and their taqwa is more then their level also the level of their wilaya or the nearness to Allah or the friendship with Allah is also higher and likewise the people are different in their adawa of Allah يعني in their enmity for Allah in accordance with the difference in their kufr and their nifaq يعني to the extent of their kufr how severe it is and how severe their hypocrisy then to that extent will be their adawa or their any enmity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he says he goes on again to quote from another place and he says all of this is quotation from Shaykh al-Islam he says that the awliya of Allah the true believers who have iman and taqwa that there are two tabaqat tabaqatan there are two tabaqat tabaqatan yani two levels of the awliya of Allah The first of them is the sabiqoon, muqarraboon. Yani those who are foremost in doing good deeds and who are foremost in seeking nearness to Allah. The sabiqoon, al-muqarraboon. And the other of them is ashab al-yameen, the people of the right hand. As opposed to the people of the left hand, those who will be punished, who Allah is displeased with. The second group are ashab al-yameen. They are also of the awliya of Allah, but not equal to the sabiqoon, the muqarraboon. And they, ashab al-yameen, they are the muqtasidoon, described in another place in the Qur'an. Yani, those who are moderate in doing good deeds. As some of the scholars said, it means that they fulfill all of the obligations that Allah has placed on them. And they refrain from all of what Allah has prohibited from them. But they don't go further than that. And also abstain from that which is makruh. And they don't go further than that and also engage in those things which Allah loves, the mustahabbat. But they only do that which is obligatory and don't worry about that which is mustahab. And they avoid that which is haram and they don't worry about that which is makruh. This is the ashab al-yameen or, or the muqtasidun, those who are moderate in doing good deeds. They are a lower level than the sabiqun and muqarrabun. Then he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this class, these two classifications with different words in different places, in a number of places in his mighty book, Fi Kitabi Al-Aziz. The first of those places is in the beginning of Surah Al-Waqi'ah and also in the end of Surah Al-Waqi'ah. Yani in chapter 56, in the first verses from 1 through 14 and in the end of the same chapter 56, the verses from 83 to 96. Likewise, he has mentioned these two classifications of the awliya of Allah, of the righteous believers, in Surah Al-Insan, chapter 76, verses 3 through 12. Likewise, he has mentioned it in Surah Al-Mutafifin, chapter 83, verses 7 through 28. And he has also mentioned these categories in Surah Al-Fatir, chapter 35, verses 32 to 35. And, and the Shaykh has not mentioned those ayat, but the last of them, at least, we can mention, it is Surah Al-Fatiha, it is a short verse uh, where he has mentioned in these verses Then we have given as uh, as inheritance, we have given the book, meaning the Qur'an Those who we have chosen from our servants We have given them as inheritance the book, that is Al-Qur'an, the revelation And then he mentions three categories 
One of them, it is the category of those who are disobedient and sinful. And the other two are the categories that the Shaykh has been talking about here. Those who are moderate and doing good deeds and those who are foremost. Yani from amongst those who have been given the book, from amongst the slaves of Allah, are those who are ظالمون لنفسه Those who are wrong, wrongdoers of their, their own selves. That is, they are disobedient to Allah. So that means they have wronged them of their own selves due to their sin. وَمِنْهُمْ مُقْتَصِدُونَ And those who are moderate in doing good. That is, those who observe all of those obligatory things and avoid those which are prohibited. Not going further than that. وَمِنْهُمْ سَابِقُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ and those who are foremost in doing good deeds by the permission of Allah, by the permission of Allah, by Allah's tawfiq, Allah has given them the tawfiq to be foremost, not only in doing the obligatory things, the wajibat, but also the mustahibat, those which are commendable or loved or rewardable deeds. And they have not only avoided the muharramat, but they have also avoided the, those things which are makru, detestable, undesirable. Those are the sabiqun bil khayrat. Then he said, ذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَضْلُ الْكَبِيرُ And that is indeed the great bounty of Allah, that is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given as inheritance to his servant, the book, Al-Qur'an. Then the shaykh goes on again and he mentions another quotation, that the jannah, وَالْجَنَّةُ دَرَجَاتٌ مُتَفَاضِلَةٌ and likewise the paradise, it has many degrees which are different. And the difference in, differences in those degrees are great. They are not, any the people who enter paradise will not all be the same, but they are levels and they are degrees. And the awliya of Allah, that is the mu'minun, the muttaqun, the believers who have taqwa, they will be in those different degrees in paradise in accordance with their iman and in accordance with their taqwa. Then the shaykh says, whoever doesn't seek to get near to Allah, and he doesn't do the hasanat, good deeds, and he doesn't leave off the siyyat, evil deeds, لم يكن من أولياء الله, then he will not be of the awliya of Allah. Those who don't seek to get near to Allah, then they will not be of the awliya of Allah. They will only be of the awliya of Allah by seeking to get near to him, by doing those good deeds and avoiding the prohibited things. Therefore, it is not permissible for anyone to believe that someone is a wali of Allah, especially when that person, his way is known, that he is acting contrary to that which has been described in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, simply because he has been able to unveil, unveil some unknown or secret knowledge, something of the unseen, which he has heard from him, or because he has done some type of deed or some great feat or something, Yani, which is unusual or extraordinary. It is not sufficient due to such things that one should believe someone to be of the awliya of Allah. It is not permissible. It's not permissible for anyone to use as a proof this, these things alone and consider someone to be a wali for Allah just because he has been able to inform about something which was supposed to be a secret or something which is unknown or because he has done some amazing 
for fantastic feet or something. And that is, it's not permissible to base one's claim or to believe or to claim someone to be a wali based on these things alone. He said, that is, if we, even if we don't know that person to have done something which negates al-wilayah, yani even if we don't know he has done some sinful act or some clearly disobedient act or something which is contrary to a taqwa and iman, even if we don't know so, it's not sufficient just because he has done some amazing feat to claim that he is a wali. So what about if we know that he has done that which contradicts and negates and nullifies al-wilayah? Yani the Shaykh is, Shaykh al-Samitami is saying here that if somebody has done an amazing feat, it's not sufficient just by that alone to say he is the wali of Allah. Even if we don't see him doing something evil or haram, even if we don't see that. By that alone, doing an amazing feat doesn't mean he's wali of Allah. What about those who we actually know they have done evil deeds which are contrary to that which the awliya of Allah have been described with? Then even more so, we should not make such a claim for them. Such things, he said, if we know about them, that that person does not believe it is obligatory to follow the Prophet outwardly and inwardly, they don't believe it's obligatory to follow the Prophet ﷺ openly and inwardly. But they believe that they have to follow the laws outwardly, not the inner realities of the law. Yani they just have to do the surface thing. As long as they are doing that, they don't have to have the true iman and taqwa in their hearts. Or those who believe that the awliya of Allah have a way or a road or a path to Allah which is other than the road of the Prophet. And if they have a secret way, like the tariqah of the Sufiya, they have another way that is not from the way of the Prophet, and they claim that that is the way to Allah. Likewise, if we know that somebody believes such, then we should never accept them, or we should never claim that they are wali of Allah. And then he goes on and quotes from another place. Based upon this, whoever openly claims to be a wali of Allah, while he is not fulfilling the obligations that Allah has placed on us, nor is he avoiding the prohibited things which Allah has prohibited us from. But in fact, maybe he, he does those things which negate, yani which oppose or contradict the Sharia. Then it is not right for anyone to say that this person is a wali of Allah. Then he goes on again and he quotes. And he says that there is nothing for the awliya of Allah of those outward matters which are of the allowed or the permissible thing. There is nothing of the outer appearance of the permissible thing that distinguishes a wali of Allah from the other people. There is no outward appearance, certain type of clothing or a certain way that he walks or talks or something. There is nothing outwardly of the permissible things in the appearance of human beings that distinguishes the wali of Allah from the other people. Then he says, likewise, it is not a condition for the wali of Allah that he be ma'asum, and that he be infallible. It is not a condition for a person to be considered as a wali of Allah that he has to be infallible, that he doesn't make any mistake or he doesn't commit any error. In fact, on the contrary, it is permissible that some of the knowledge of the sharia might not be known to him. He might not know everything in the sharia. And it is also permissible that some things 
of the matters of the deen might be unclear to him or he might be confused about them. It's not a condition that he has to know everything and that he has to have perfect knowledge or that he has to be faultless. That is not a condition of al-wilaya, al-usma, that a person is perfect or infallible or free of error. For this reason, if the wali of Allah, if we know that it is permissible for him to make a mistake or error, if we know that it is allowed, it is possible, and it is likely, and it will happen, because they are human beings. In that case, it is not obligatory on the people of Iman, or it is not obligatory on the people to believe or to have Iman in everything that he says, yani, the one who is the wali of Allah, to believe everything he says is not obligatory, unless that wali of Allah is of the Anbiya of Allah. Unless he is a prophet or a messenger, in that case it is, it is obligatory to believe in everything that he says. On the contrary, on the contrary, he said that it is obligatory to, uh, to consider or to weigh all of what he says and what he does, to weigh it in accordance with what has come through the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if it is in agreement, then it is accepted. And if it is in contradiction, then it is rejected. And if we don't know if it's in agreement or in contradiction to what the Prophet sallallahu has come with, then we hold back and we don't uh, act in accordance with it. We don't act on it. But we remain yani, taking a, a standing, a, a top position. We don't go forward in that thing. Then Shaykh al-Taymiyyah says that the people in this matter of three types, and the people concerning the acceptance of what the awliya of Allah say or do, they are classified into three categories. Qarfan wa wafat. Two extreme opposites and the middle four. So from amongst the people, the positions of the people concerning acceptance or rejection of what the awliya of Allah say, they are amongst them, the first group, those who believe that whenever they believe somebody is a wali of Allah, then they agree with him in everything that they think his heart has spoken to him from his Lord. And whatever inspiration came to him, then they agree with whatever came to him. And they also submit to and follow all of what he does. The first group are those who when they think somebody is a wali of Allah, then everything that he says or does, they, they agree with it and they accept it and they follow it. The second group are those who when they see that he has said or done something which is not in agreement with the Sharia, then they remove him from the wilaya of Allah in totality. And if he says one thing wrong or makes one error in his actions, then they said no way he can be a wali of Allah. He's absolutely removed from it. Even if he is a mujtahid mukhti, yani even if he has made ijtihad in the matter and he has erred in it, then still they remove him from being a wali in totality. Then he said the best of the affairs is the middle course, that is the third group, and that is those who, they do not make him ma'asuman nor ma'asuman. They don't make him ma'asum, they don't say that if he is a wali of Allah he has to be ma'asum infallible. Nor do they say that he is a, a sinner, total sinner, because he has made a mistake. Yani if he is a mujtahid and he has erred, then they don't believe he should be ma'asum, nor do they believe that he should be considered as a sinner because he has erred in the matter in which he has made ijtihad. Uh, so therefore they don't follow him in everything that he has said 
And if they don't accept everything that he has said, absolutely, nor do they rule against him as being a kafir or a sinner due to his ijtihad if he has erred in it. So what is obligatory upon the people is following what Allah has sent through his messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he stopped here on this point. The next point that the Shaykh makes is a qaida or a principle that is very important. He said that the Salaf of this Ummah, the righteous predecessors of this Ummah are in agreement. And likewise the Imams of this Ummah that everyone we may take from what he says or we may leave it. Every human being it is permissible to take from him or to leave it. Illa Rasulullah, except the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is a basic principle. That everyone, if he is Imam, he is Wali or whatever, everyone we may take or we may leave from what he said. We are not obligated to follow what they have said in totality, except the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is one of the differences between the Anbiya and others besides them. That the Anbiya, we have to follow them in everything. Yani, the Anbiya Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for them, it is obligatory to have faith in everything that they have informed us about from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And it is obligatory to obey them in everything that they have commanded us with. Contrary to the awliya, as opposed to the awliya, because it is not obligatory to obey them in everything that they have commanded. Nor is it obligatory to have faith or iman in everything that they have informed about. But we should judge their matter and the information that has come to them based on the Qur'an and based on the sunnah. So whatever of it is in agreement with the Qur'an and sunnah, it is obligatory then to accept it. And whatever is in contradiction to the book and the sunnah, then we reject it. And if that one from the awliya of Allah, if he is a mujtahid who made ijtihad in the matter, uh, then he is excused if he errs in what he has said. If he made ijtihad, he is excused in what he has said and he will get one reward for his ijtihad. However, if he has contradicted the book and the sunnah, then he is in error. It is a mistake. Uh, and his mistake is forgiven. If he is of those who fear Allah and he has made every effort to achieve the correct opinion in the matter. And then he goes on again and he said, this which I have mentioned, that the awliya of Allah it is obligatory on them to adhere to and stick to the book and the sunnah. And there is no one from amongst them who is infallible and that it is possible and permissible for them and for others. Uh, and that, I'm sorry, ma'asum, it is not, yani, it is obligatory on them to hold fast to the book and the sunnah. And it is not permissible, because he is not infallible, it is not permissible for him or for others to follow everything that came in, that, that he felt in his heart. Yani, that he was inspired with, or the feeling that he had, or spiritual experience that he had. It is not permissible to follow it all until there is given consideration to the book and the sunnah, until it is weighed or considered in accordance with the book and the sunnah. And this is that which has been agreed upon by the awliya of Allah. So whoever opposes this, then he is not from the awliya of Allah, yani those who Allah has ordered us to follow. But in fact, if he, if he opposes this, yani this position, and demands that people have to follow him in everything that he says or he does, 
then he is either a kafir or he is mufarritan fil jahl yani somebody who is in extreme ignorance who has gone beyond the bounds of ignorance then he goes on and says that many of the people have erred in this topic and they think that a person if he is a wali of Allah if they think that he is a wali of Allah they accept from him whatever he says and they follow everything that he says and they accept everything that he does and if even if it opposes the book and the sunnah they agree with him in it and they oppose and they contradict what Allah has sent by his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam that which Allah has made obligatory on all of the creatures to believe what he has informed us of and to obey what he has commanded us with and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made him meaning the prophet has made him the fariq the one who distinguishes between his awliya and his a'da to distinguish between his awliya and his enemies and he has made the prophet the one to distinguish between the people of jannah and the people of fire and he has made the prophet to distinguish between those who will be successful and those who will be wretched the losers and who will be punished so whoever follows him the prophet then he is from the awliya of allah who have taqwa and he is of the soldiers of allah who will be successful and he is of the servants of allah who are the righteous and whoever does not follow him then he is of the enemies of allah who are losers and who are criminals the mujrimin and whoever opposes the prophet it will lead him and this is a very important point whoever opposes the prophet who contradicts the prophet to follow the wali of allah whoever he claims the wali of allah it will lead him yani opposing the prophet and agreeing with the person first it will lead him to bid'ah and dalalah whoever opposes the prophet and follows somebody who he claims to be a wali if he opposes the prophet to follow that person it will lead him to innovation and it will lead him to misguidance الضلال. and in the end it will lead him to kufr and nifaq to disbelief and hypocrisy if he continues to oppose that which the prophet ﷺ has brought in order to be in agreement with that one who, who is claimed to be a wali then he goes on again and he says that we find that many of the people what they rely upon in their belief of someone being a wali of Allah is that he has been able to unveil some hidden realities or some unseen matters or he has done some amazing things that are kharika lil aada yani which are extraordinary or unnatural or supernatural they have relied upon this alone in order to determine somebody to be a wali then the shaykh says but there is nothing of these matters which would indicate that the one who does so is a wali of allah but in fact it is agreed upon by the awliya of allah themselves that even if a person flies in the air or if he walks on the water then no one should be deceived or amazed by him until they look at his mutaba for the messenger of allah until they look and see is he actually following the prophet of allah if they look and see is he in agreement with the command of allah and with the prohibition of allah they should not make any judgment even if they saw a person flying in the air or walking on the water then the shaykh says in reference to haramat or those amazing feats or any extraordinary deeds that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed some of the awliya to do he said that the haramat of the awliya of Allah are greater than these things that we see these people doing and these matters which are extraordinary even though it might be done by a wali of allah it might also be done by one who is an enemy of allah these amazing things it might be done even by the enemies of allah yani it might be done by tricks or it might be done by help from the jinn or from the shayateen 
So this is not the criterion. He said that many of these extraordinary acts are done by the disbelievers, or by the mushrikeen, or by the Ahl Kitab, or the Munafiqeen. And they are also done by the people of innovation. And this will be done through the help of the shayateen. Yani it is done from the shayateen. So it is not permissible to think that everyone who has done such a thing, one of these things, that he is a wali of Allah. But we should consider that the awliya of Allah are those who we look at their characteristics, their actions, and their conditions. And if their characteristics and their actions and their conditions are that which are indicated in the book and the sunnah, then we will judge them accordingly. And they are known by the nur of iman, the light of iman that Allah gives to the believers to, to know truth from falsehood. And they are known by the Qur'an, by that which is contained in the Qur'an. And they are known by those who fulfill the, the, that which he calls haqaiq al-iman al-batiniyya, the inner or internal realities of faith, and the shara'i al-islam al-zahira, and the outward any legal laws or regulations of Islam, any by the inner realities of faith and as well by observing the outer laws of Islam. That's how they are known. Then he goes on and says that it has been agreed upon by the Salaf of this Ummah, by the first generations of the Muslim Ummah, and by its Imam, and by the rest of the Awliya of Allah. Yani the Awliya of Allah are the first generation, the, the Sahaba, as well as the Imams of this Ummah, and the rest of the Awliya of Allah who came after them, it is agreed upon. And this is another important point, that the Anbiya of Allah are better than the Awliya. That every Prophet of Allah is better than any Wali of Allah. There's the least of the Prophets is better than the greatest of the Awliya of Allah, even if they are true Awliya of Allah. Yani, uh, that the, the Prophets are better than every one of the Awliya of Allah, unless it is one of the Prophets themselves. And then he mentions yani, the, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has arranged in degrees his slaves, who are successful, those who he have given his favor to, and his ni'am, he said they are arranged in four maratib, four levels or four degrees. And this is mentioned in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 69, وَمَنْ يُتِعِ اللَّهِ وَالرَّسُولِ That those who obey Allah in the Messenger, and who in accordance with the Sharia of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet of Allah, he said that they are four maratib, arba'a maratib. فَأُولَٰئِكَ مَا الَّذِينَ عَنْعَمَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِمْ that they are with those who Allah has given his bounty or his favor to, من النبيين, from amongst the prophets, والصديقين, and the truthful, والشهداء, and the martyrs, والصالحين, and the righteous, وحسنا أولئك رفيقا, and indeed these are the best as companions. Then the shaykh goes on to say that they have karamat which Allah honors them by, and which he honors his awliya who are the pious and those who are the best of his awliya. He has given them karamat for two reasons. One, لِحُجَّةٍ فِي الدِّينِ as a proof in the deen, yani to convince people or to guide them to Islam. And two, لِحَاجَةٍ بِالْمُسْلِمِينَ as because it is a need for some to fulfill some need of the Muslim. Yani the karamat that Allah gives to his awliya, the true karamat, it is either as a proof in the deen to guide the people to the right way, or it is to fulfill some need of the Muslim, just as the mu'jizat or the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ were, for these two reasons, either as a proof of the truthfulness of his mission, or to fulfill the needs of the people, feeding them or whatever that they were in need of. The karamat of the awliya of Allah, they are achieved by the barakah, or the blessing of following ittiba'ar rasul. They are achieved by the blessing of following the messenger, and for this reason, in reality, they are also part of the miracles of the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. 
Let's try to finish. In the last of what he says, therefore, it is obligatory to know that the karamat, yani these amazing feats that Allah may give to his awliya, they are, they might be in accordance with the need of a person. If that person is in need due to his weakness of iman or he has some other need, then Allah will give him some feet or do something, allow him to do something which will strengthen his iman or fulfill his need. Then he said that these karamats are given for this reason. He said to some people according to their need, because of their physical needs or the weakness of their iman. And he said for this reason, it might be that the one who has a more perfect wilaya or a closer relationship to Allah, he will be without need of such karamat. He, he doesn't need it. Therefore, he will not he will not perform such feats. And this is due to the highness of his level and that he is free of need of such things, not to the defect in his relationship to Allah, his wilaya of Allah. And it doesn't mean that those who didn't get any karama, it means that they are weaker. No, it is because they are without need of it and they are higher and they are not in need of such. And he said that this is why the karamat were more in the time of the tabi'een than they were in the time of sahaba. Because the Sahaba were, were without need of it for the most part. And this is different from those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows some amazing or yani, unusual feats to be done at the hands of those who He allows them to do something to guide the people or to fulfill the needs of other people, not themselves. Then these are of a higher degree. Like the Prophet some amazing feats were done in order to show the truthfulness of his mission, not because of the weakness of his iman, but for the other people. Or he, was, he has done some miracles of feeding the people or quenching their thirst or whatever. He has done something to fulfill the needs of the people. That is different. So he said the people, in reference to these supernatural or, un, or unusual or extraordinary acts, there are three types of people. The first group of those, and this is the end of what he said, the first group of those are those who deny that such a thing exists except for the Prophet. They said that there is no such thing as karamat, it is only for the Prophet. Or perhaps they might believe it in general, but they will deny much of what is reported to them from the people because they believe that these people who, who it has been, who, who some karama has been described, who has ascribed to, they believe that these people are not the awliya of Allah. Yani the first group are those who believe that there is no karamat except for the prophets or they believe in general it can happen for some of the awliya of Allah, but they deny most of what is reported to them because they believe that those reports are not from really true awliya of Allah. The second group are those who think that everyone who has done any type of extraordinary feat or supernatural act, that everyone who has done such a thing, he is the wali of Allah. Anybody who has done something unusual, he is the wali of Allah. And he said both of these are wrong, they are error. For this reason you find that those people, the second group, and he who thinks that anyone who does a good deed, that an amazing deed, he is the wali of Allah, he said that you will find that they will mention that there are some karamat done by the mushrikeen or the people of the book, that they have those who help them and who support them in their fighting against the Muslims. And they think that these people, yani that they are awliya of Allah, from amongst the mushrikeen or the kuffar. And likewise, the first group, you will find that they will deny anyone who has done, uh, they will deny that anyone has done any unusual or uh, extraordinary act. If he is not from the prophets or the awliya from amongst the Muslims, they will deny it that no supernatural act can be done by the kafirs or the disbelievers 
they will deny that it can be done. And he said the correct position, it is the third opinion in this matter. And it is that these people, even the disbelievers or the hypocrites or the mushrikeen or the Ahl Kitab, that they might do some amazing feat or some apparently supernatural act and that they, they might have some people who help them, but they are from their own type. They are not from help from the angels and they are not awliya of Allah. But indeed, they are the awliya of the shaytan. And the shaykh Tafsir says that this is sufficient, what we have transmitted here, insha'Allah. And whoever wants more, uh, then they should go to the original book. Wallahu muwafiq, and Allah is the one who gives the success. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, shahadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubu Perhaps uh, any of those who are able to return, we can come back after salat and take the questions at the end of the handout and also to look at uh, if there's any comments or questions or corrections from the brothers, inshallah. Huh? Five or ten minutes before your comment? Okay, then quickly, uh, let's look at the questions at the end of the handout. The first of them discussed briefly, Al-Asr Al-Khamis, the fifth fundamental mentioned by the Mu'allif, by the author, Imam Muhammad al-Nadi Wahab. And what is the fifth principle that he has mentioned here? Naam. Naam. That they are both awliya of Allah and awliya of shaitan and we should distinguish between them as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet have distinguished between them. What is the first sign of Allah's mahabba or love mentioned by the author in chapter 3 verse 31? Surah Ali Imran. The first sign of the love of Allah, it is ittiba rasul that they follow the Prophet. In kuntum tuhibbun Allah, fattabi'uni, then follow me. Mention the four awsaf or characteristics of those who love Allah and who love Him. Those who Allah loves and who love Him. In Surah Al-Ma'idah. Al-Wala wal-Farah. Well, the first of them, that they are humble to the believers. Now, it is uh, related to Al-Wala wal-Farah, but it is humility with the believers. And the second of them, Yani which is the bara, that they are stern against the disbelievers. And the third of them, that they fight in the cause of Allah to make the deen of Allah supreme in the earth. And the fourth of them, that they have no fear of those who blame them for what they do for the pleasure of Allah. They don't care about it. Mention the two main awsaf or characteristics of the awliya of Allah that are mentioned in Surah al The two main characteristics which are the distinguishing characteristics in the rule of the awliya of Allah is al-Iman, and At-Taqwa. Mention the two tabaqa or the levels of the awliya of Allah mentioned in Quran and Surah Al-Fatir. The two levels, right, it is As-Sabiqoon Al-Muqarrabun, those who are foremost in doing good deeds, who go to the yani, utmost and they are near to Allah. And the second group are Ashab Al-Yameen, yani, those who are moderate in doing good deeds. Uh, mention the four maratib or degrees of the servants of Allah mentioned in the Quran and Surah An-Nisa. And those who, uh, who, who will be with those whom Allah's favor is upon. The Prophet, the, the Siddiqeen, yeah, the Shuhada martyrs, and the Salihin, the righteous. And these are different levels of the servants of Allah and tabaqat of the awliya of Allah and characteristics of the awliya of Allah that a Muslim should know in order to observe in their own life. Explain the argument against those who claim to be awliya. This is a very important argument uh, and it should be understood. What is the argument that Shaykh Muhammad has presented against those who claim that they are wali of Allah? If somebody claims for himself that he is of the awliya of Allah, what is the argument against him? 
It is based on the ayat of the Quran, فَلَا تُزَكُّ أَنْفُسَكُمْ This ayat that Allah prohibited anybody to ascribe to themselves purity or righteousness. He said based on this ayat that Allah has prohibited somebody to ascribe to themselves righteousness. Therefore whoever has done so, then that person, he has disobeyed Allah and he has done that which Allah has prohibited. And this is a negation of taqwa. And taqwa is of the primary characteristic of the awliya of Allah. Therefore the person who makes such a claim, indeed he is not from the awliya of Allah. The true awliya of Allah don't make claims. They just obey Allah and worship Him and believe in Him. Discuss the qaida, the rule concerning the acceptance of the sayings of men. What is the rule that the Shaykh has mentioned in explanation concerning the acceptance of the sayings of people? What is our rule here? That every person we may accept from him or reject from him. Huh? Illa Rasul. Except the Messenger of Allah sallallahu As many of the scholars used to say in Al-Imam Malik Allah used to say sitting in the Prophet, the Masjid of the Prophet, that everyone we take from him or reject it, Illa sahibu had al-Qabr. Except the one who was buried in this grave, meaning the Messenger of Allah sallallahu What will following men, in contradiction to the Sharia, lead a person to? And he following the opinions of those who are considered to be awliya of Allah in contradiction to the Qur'an and Sunnah. What would it lead a person to? Al-bidda wal-dalal. It will lead to innovation and misguidance. And in the end it will lead to al-kufr wal-nifaq. Disbelief and hypocrisy. Uh, the last question mentioned the two reasons for which a karama is given by Allah to a wali. What are the two reasons that the Shaykh has mentioned? That Allah will give ikrama to a wali. What are the two reasons? Huh? To guide the people as the hujjah for the deen. Huh? To help. Lihajat for a haja of the believers. Yani to fulfill the need of the believers. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Shalwanda ilaha ila al-tabtakhraka wa tubu ilayh. And inshallah, those who aim to return, if there are any questions or comments or corrections, we can do it after the salat. And also, there is some uh, refreshments, inshallah.